My name is Harrison Wheeler, and you're listening to Technically Speaking. In this episode, I sit down with Andre Wright, co-founder of Humanize My Hoodie, based in Iowa City, Iowa, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The mission of Humanize My Hoodie reads... The Humanize My Hoodie movement originated from a demand to end the killing of Black and Indigenous people across the world. As descendants of slaves, we recognize how hoodies have been used to amplify the myth of Black criminality. Our mission is to debunk that stereotype by designing revolutionary campaigns for Black and Indigenous people of color to be humanized, not criminalized. I sit down with Andre to discuss the origins of Humanize My Hoodie his personal journey through this movement and how design plays a role in activism. Well, I'm Andre Wright, um, co-founder of Humanize My Hoodie, uh, fashion activist, uh, author, um, husband of one, uh, father of three, uh, community leader, um, someone with uh, a lot of morals and values, someone who's found purpose, somebody who can be looked at as a symbol of hope, um, inspiration, all those different things, man. You know, at the end of that, I put a, you know, I'm a black man with a hard period, you know, especially at this time, it's really good to really just put a, put a hard period at that. Uh, you know, it just feels good to be, be black right now. Everybody who black right now feel liberated. So everybody black right now, man, should be, you know, should be feeling like, you know, royalty, you know what I mean, or gold, you know, like with all the, the treatment we've gotten all these years, man, everybody's screaming Black Lives Matter now. So, you know, feel good. How did you get to where you're at today uh, in, in finding your voice and in, in humanize my hoodie? And, and how has that evolved over time? I think for me, I, you know, I saw a lot of injustices as a child. I mean, you know, I, I was tell, talking to my mother uh, probably two weeks ago. And she's, you know, I was just telling her like, you know, like you guys moved us out of a predominantly um, black neighborhood and, you know, for us to escape, escape prison. Right. So, you know, cause I mean, essentially it's the people that were surrounded around in our, our environment that allows us to get into to those, to those things we're not supposed to get into. Um, and when, when I was talking to her, I said, but you took us and put us in a predominantly white neighborhood thinking that it would be better for us, but we dealt with racism at a young age. And because of that situation, I've always felt like I had to fight in some kind of way, um, whether it be like just being better than the next person like this in this kind of way, like, like sharpening my skills, whether it be like um, using my art as a way to uh, you know attack things. Even as a child, I didn't even know how to speak up against that stuff. And I know a lot of people right now don't know what to say, like especially a lot of young people. I wish I could have did more as a in my youth age like these young people are right now. I wish I was more like that. I wasn't like that as a youth, but I always felt it. You know, I always felt like I could do something. You know what I'm saying? So when I got a chance to get the stage and like my platforms as they started to evolve, you know, I started to do really bold stuff like in Iowa City, where it's 90% white, I would do shows that would be like called All Black Everything. And I would hire only black, 
models. I would only bring on only black designers, only black photographers. And I was um, making a stand. I was I was just deliberately saying, man, you know, on my watch, you're not going I'm not going to allow you guys to not pay attention to us. And I'm going to use every ounce of you know power I have to make sure that we're seen. And so I was just using my gifts and my talents and, you know, just using historical, um, you know, things and, and, and bringing it to light. And I think, you know, where the purpose aligned is when Jason made a post. And I've been friends with Jason since. You know, care myself and being grateful for what what I have, really, is kind of what I walked away with it. Because it was really a horrible experience. I was down. I mean, I still kind of went to meetings. I still taught but I was really out of it. <laughs> and that's why I talk yeah. about the sense of time and really not knowing because I feel like the month of March for me is a blur. Has that changed sort of how you even think about accessible design? And uh, you've been doing a lot of talks in the past. Like, has that changed your approach on the subject matter when you're, when you're talking about it? Well, I think one of the things that's been exposed with this pandemic and people being able to work from home is that you can open the doors for people with disabilities to work. There's Mm. no excuse now for people not to work from home, right? Let people work from home if they need to work from home. Yeah. I know there are certain jobs you can't do that, but a lot of the companies who are saying, oh, we can't, you can, and you have, and you've done it now. So this means hopefully this will open up some doors, but this this situation has also opened up a lot of systematic oppression issues around <laughs> just again the socioeconomic disability a lot of those areas are really showing their true colors so that would be for another day that i i'm trying yeah. to, i'm trying to write on this whole it's i'm going to call it connecting the dots but i don't yeah. know exactly how but there's there's just there's so many systems in place that are not benefiting the people that they should be and they're benefiting right. others and just a lot of unfairness in the world. Would you say that yeah. those themes are, are parallel across the board, right? Um, I know we've, we've talked about accessibilities from a disability perspective or an ability perspective. But it seems like a lot of those same things would carry on into like social economic differences as well. Um, yeah. Why haven't why why do you think we haven't crossed that path where these things are intersecting in a conversation? Because I mean, there's lots of reasons. It's not one. I think it's a very layered issue when you start to really dig and get into it. But we have to own up to our responsibility and everybody's responsibility. I mean, I I read. Um, Malcolm Gladwell's talking with strangers yeah. and he, he talks about the, that we're all complicit in what's going on in the world. Mm. And so those times you say no to things or those times that you say yes to things that you know, maybe you shouldn't, or you go along with something and for the sake of keeping your job, I mean, there are certain things that we have to do in order to survive. Right. Right. But when we, when we as a collective are complicit in what's going on in the world. If we really want things to be better, things can get better. Right. It's do we want it? Can we own up to the fact that we haven't been as good as we say we've been admit to our mistakes, learn from them and then move forward. 
I mean, it's a challenge for everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear more of your thoughts on that. And, you know, I think the topic of accessibility, folks getting into it, I think it's actually a great start to, to head down that pathway, if you will. And I think, too, there's, there's opportunity in many different areas, right? Um, I think we, we think of, like, one of the things that comes to mind is service design. Another piece would probably be around public policy. What are your thoughts on pu- public policy and the role that that can play in accessibility? Well, there are a lot of people who work within that realm. That's not really yeah. my area, so I, don't, okay. I can't speak on it. Um, but there are a lot of activists who are working very diligently and hard to make sure that the disability community's voices are heard. So, yeah, not my area of expertise, so I'm, I will stay in my lane. All right. Well, thank you. Well, that, that wraps it up. Thank you so much, uh, Regine. This was, this was a really eye-opening conversation. Thank you, um, everyone. Hey, enjoy this episode? Be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. I want you to get that notification as soon as a new episode drops. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. I'm there. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at harrisonwheeler.com for the latest industry insights, new article postings, and announcements of future guests on the show. Once again, thanks for being a listener to Technically Speaking. I'm your host, Harrison Wheeler, and I'm out. Stay safe and stay healthy.